Lawyers always need to be on top of their game, or at least appear to be. It can feel overwhelming to recognize or admit when we aren't, and even harder to reach out and get help. Welcome to Sidebar, brought to you by North Carolina's Lawyer Assistance Program, where lawyers help lawyers by sharing their experience, strength, and hope as they delve into their personal journeys of recovery. Hi, I'm Candace Hoffman, the field coordinator with North Carolina Lawyer Assistance Program, and I'm so excited today to have Laura Marr back. She is a North Carolina and Oregon lawyer and the founder of Conscious Legal Minds, LLC, which provides well-being consulting, training, and resilience coaching for attorneys and law offices nationwide. She's also a longtime contributor to the sidebar with her Mindful Moments. This week, the mindful moment is feeling adrift, grab an anchor. Laura, thanks so much for being here. Thanks, Candice. It's great to be back. Well, I'm sure there were different reasons for the title of this mindful moment, but it perfectly fits with summer. Everybody out boating, and it reminds me of my favorite movie, What About Bob, when he uh, when Bill Murray straps himself to the sailboat and yells, I'm sailing, he's quite literally anchored to that sailboat. Yes. But I'm assuming you probably had different reasons for choosing this as your topic. So can you tell us why you chose this? Yes, I think that I'm having a lot of discussions with a lot of people that work in the legal field, especially attorneys and judges recently about a level of emotional reactivity that we're having, that people are having as we live our lives, that there's just a a sort of a shorter wick people are having for tolerance of irritation or things that bother them or the ability to really come back to that feeling of being themselves when they're getting triggered. And so by triggering, I mean something, a person or a situation or even a place that when you're interacting with it, it pulls you out of that feeling of being your best self and it pulls you into a state of emotional reactivity. Definitely. I like that term emotional reactivity because we have, especially as attorneys and judges, we have very well laid plans. We are not people who usually fly by the seat of our pants. We, before we go into an arbitration or a trial, we are very measured. We've researched everything. But when you reach that trigger, a lot of those plans go out the window and we can act, I mean, at worst unethically, but at best, not the way that we had logically and analytically laid out what we were going to do. So why do you think that for lawyers and judges, this is such a a hot issue? I think that partly because of what you're saying is that our self-perception is that things are going to go as we had planned. If we put enough thought into how things should go, then things will go that way. But of course, things do oftentimes go astray. And so when things go astray, we tend to have a reactive response to that because we we weren't prepared for it or we don't like what's happening. That can leave us to feeling like we're unanchored, like that thing that we were anchored to, our plan or the way we were hoping things to go, we are now adrift from that anchor and we are now using a survival strategy. By survival strategy, I mean using one of our genetically predisposed 
ways to get out of discomfort and to get ourselves into a place of safety. And so a survival strategy could be a fight strategy where we start arguing with what's going on or getting angry or frustrated with the situation. Another survival strategy is fleeing the situation or getting out of that situation by leaving it in some way. We could either leave it mentally, we could actually physically leave the situation, we could fantasize about quitting our jobs or quitting you know, our partnership or quitting whatever that thing is. And a survival strategy might to be moving into a collapse state where we literally just give up and imagine that the whole thing goes away. And so that would sound like if we're talking with someone, we could just be really pessimistic. This is never going to work. Nope, that won't work either. And you're really just shutting down to any kind of a possibility. Another survival strategy would be to appease the people around you and just say yes, 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 yes to everything when you know that saying yes was is actually going to put you into a place where you don't have enough time to eat, enough time to prepare. It could get you further into a dysregulated state, but you just say yes, just to get through the moment. And when I'm hearing these survival strategies, it makes a lot of sense. It also, we're trying to get out of that present moment. And especially with the collapse and the flea, a lot of those could lead to much bigger problems with that work situation, with that case, you know, when we're people pleasing, we might agree to something that's going to put us at a disadvantage because we're not seeing the long term when we're in that fight, flight, or freeze. So I can imagine us creating new obstacles during those survival strategies. That's exactly right, Candice, because when we're in a reactive state and we're not anchored to our best selves, we are not thinking as clearly as we are when we're anchored. And so we can say things that are detrimental to ourselves, that are detrimental to our clients, just in order to get ourselves out of that uncomfortable place. And so this technique that I'm going to walk through, how to grab an anchor is really a way to get yourself out of that survival state where you're making less clear choices and you're making choices that are going to get you theoretically free from the discomfort in the moment, but might put you in harm's way down the line, or it might create a a disconnection with a person or a judge or, or your client that you're going to have to fix. And it's just going to take longer in the long run. And so going into a situation, feeling anchored and resourced with your anchors, and then having an anchor to return to if things do go adrift from your plan or from your hopes, it can be really effective way to to work more productively and also feel better when you're working because you have options. If things don't go well, you're like, okay, great. If things don't go well, I'm going to grab this anchor. I'm going to come back to my best, clearest thinking state and then make a new plan. So how do we do that? How do we grab an anchor? Okay. Well, if you'd like, grab a piece of paper and, or you can use an electronic device to make a list of four things. But I really like the visual of drawing a large square and then dividing it into four equal sized parts. So you can take a full piece of paper and divide it into four parts. And then you're going to label the first quadrant physical anchors. The second quadrant, you're going to label emotional anchors. The third quadrant, you're going to label mental anchors. And the fourth quadrant, 
you'll label spiritual anchors. And now under each category, make a list of at least five things that you have done in the past or that you do now that bring yourself to a back to a state of calm, stability, feeling of being grounded. So like, for example, under physical, you're going to list things that help you to feel calm, stable, and grounded physically. So it could be stretch or take a nap. Under the emotional quadrant, it'll be things that help you feel emotionally stable or grounded, like talk to a friend or watch a funny movie. Under the mental quadrant, you'll put things that help you feel mentally grounded. So for example, like reading a book or sitting in quiet. And then under the spiritual quadrant, this is one that often catches people up. In that spiritual quadrant, you want to think of things that help you to feel like you're hopeful in the world. Like the world is okay and you're okay in it. And so under that category, you might put meditate or pray or write in a journal or read inspirational quotes. So once you have your chart made, you want to kind of just look it over and be like, yeah, these actually help me. And you can read over your chart and sort of feel into, oh yeah, I can feel myself grounding and relaxing and becoming more calm as I make my chart. And then the next time you get triggered or feel yourself getting adrift from that feeling of being your best self, your like clearest thinking, most compassionate, most, you know, just your, that feeling of like, I am clear and I am confident and I am calm and I'm courageous, you notice and pause. So if you're like, wow, I am not in my best self, I am somehow triggered, you notice and you pause. And then in that moment of pausing, you pull up your chart, you can take a picture of it and put it on your phone. You can have it next to you at your desk. You choose one of the anchors from one of the quadrants and you either do one of those things for a minute or two. It doesn't take a long time. You can literally do it for about 90 seconds. And you might be like, you know what? I don't have 90 seconds to go out for a walk in the middle of a court case. Then you can just imagine yourself being out for a walk. You can imagine yourself reading an inspirational quote. You can imagine yourself doing one of these things. And believe it or not, imagining it can help just as much as actually doing the thing. And then you notice how you feel once you've grabbed at least one anchor from your list. And if you can, and you have the time, notice what small shifts have improved. Like what has changed even just a little bit that's gotten you closer back to your anchor. So I'm wondering, Candice, just to help listeners out, if by chance you had a chance to make your list while I was giving the instructions so that we can go through some of your lists and see what you came up with and see if that could be an inspiration for people who are listening. Sure. Yes, I definitely started filling out mine. I do have a question that I will ask when I get down to mental and spiritual anchors, but for physical anchors, that was the easiest for me to think of very concrete running recently like going on long distance runs swimming yoga walking when I'm not listening to any podcast if I'm walking the dogs and just trying to like notice everything around me and recently ice skating 
emotional anchors. I had debriefing with a close friend, watching these specific cooking videos, which I'll give a shout out. They're called Home Movies on YouTube. It's Allison Roman. She is incredible. And I'll watch them over and over, just kind of have them on in the background. Looking at trees, we have these incredible trees in our backyard, and I'll sit out there in the morning and look at those. Listening to old NPR shows like Terry Gross, Fresh Air, Prairie Home Companion, all of those things that I got really mad that I had to listen to when I was younger while we were driving around in the car. And then spiritual anchors, I had meditation this kind of goes with the meditation, but writing after a meditation without a prompt, just kind of free writing, reading different spiritual works. And I don't know whether this would go under spiritual or mental, but I've started doing that yoga nidra or NSDR, that specific kind of meditation. And I had a hard time, I guess, demarking or understanding the difference between emotional and mental anchors? Yeah, that's a really good question. First of all, I love your list. Those are things that some of those things I would put on my list, even though I'd never thought to put on my list. And the difference when I'm thinking about the difference between an emotional anchor and a mental anchor, when I'm thinking about, when I'm thinking about an emotional anchor, I'm thinking about things that comfort me that when I do them, I feel comforted. I feel like I'm softening in some way. I feel like I'm being nurtured. And when I'm thinking about a mental anchor, I'm thinking about something that brings me to a deeper sense of clarity. And I'm also thinking about something that helps me to slow my thoughts down. So, okay. So that could be like I said, sitting in quiet is one of my mental anchors. So if I'm overstimulated and triggered, my mind starts going a million miles an hour. And instead of adding more fuel to the fire, I sit in quiet and I take down the stimulation and that helps me to downregulate and get more anchored into my body, more anchored into my thoughts, more anchored into my experience. Okay. That does make sense. Cause my emotional anchors, I think are right on point. Those are the things that help me downregulate. And I would add watching episodes of Murder, She Wrote, to that because I didn't have a fifth one. That definitely gives the comforting. And then I think for mental anchors, it would be more of a sitting in quiet. Honestly, exercise a little bit serves as a mental anchor for me. It seems counterintuitive. But yeah, exercise or extreme cold. Yeah. I've been doing, I've started doing some of the cold therapy recently, and that definitely helps me downregulate. Yeah. And I want to make a point to what you were saying, which is you may have the same anchor in all four quadrants. Mm. So it's possible that walking helps you feel more anchored physically and emotionally and mentally and spiritually. So it's fine to have crossovers. And if you do have one thing that shows up in all categories, that can be your go-to thing. It's like, that's going to work. Well, I liked that. I really enjoyed the process of making the squares and for me, physically writing with pen and paper definitely helps. That does help. And I want to say one other thing, which is I've done this exercise with clients before, and some people have a hard time coming up with any resources or any resources that seem like really healthy. 
some people are like, you know, my go-to is, um, is some form of addiction. Like that's my go-to thing that I have used to feel comforted and to slow my mind down and, and to feel relaxed. If you're having a hard time filling in your chart with things that feel like they're healthy, you may want to get some help with it. It's possible that you're not thinking of all of your anchors, or it's possible that you're in a state of like extreme anxiety or a place in your profession or your life where you're in extreme burnout. And so when those things happen, it's actually hard to find the resources and the anchors. And that can be an indication that you need a little extra help. Maybe it's with a therapist or with a resilience coach. That can be a sign that, that you need additional ideas or just additional help in your life. That is a really good tip. Candace, I'm wondering if you would be willing like you often are to be our guinea pig. So I could walk you through how you would actually put this chart to work. Sure. Great. So can you think of a, a, a time or some sort of a situation that is pretty surefire to trigger you, get you emotionally dysregulated? It takes a lot. I have to say with people to get me very dysregulated but on a day where I'm not on that spiritual beam, I think personality types that are very passive aggressive, I might not get dysregulated in the way that I'm you know, outwardly showing it a lot. But definitely, I think that specific personality type, I dealt with it you know, a lot in the practice of law and, and otherwise, just not being forthright, not saying what they want to mean, but saying very like undercutting comments. I think that would be the one thing that comes to mind. Yeah. And oftentimes when we're trying to interact with someone who's passive aggressive, it's really confusing to us because mm -hmm. we're not really sure what they're trying to say or how to get to a place of agreement together. Definitely. So when you bring up an example of that, or you think of working, working with someone who's passive aggressive or encountering someone who's passive aggressive, what happens to you physically? Can you feel something physically happening, a physical response or a physical trigger? Sure. I mean, I'm sure my jaw tightens, my patience gets a lot shorter. And I think mentally I'm just not, I'm a person that is generally very positive and collaborative. And I think there's a million different options and solutions. And that all starts to very much narrow because I'm focusing on this is going to be a problem. You know, I'm shutting down avenues in my head, I think. Yeah. And it also sounds like emotionally you get out of your place of feeling generous or feeling like you want to collaborate. So there's an emotional shutdown as well. Sure. I know it's going to be a lot more work to collaborate. Yeah. So it sounds like your system goes into a state of tension, right? The body tenses, tenses up, your mind tenses up. So there's lots of tension. Yes. Great. So imagine that you're in that state and you might be in that state now because you're talking about it. And then go to your chart and see if you can pull one thing from your physical chart that if you did that right now, or you thought about doing that, it would bring you back to a state of feeling more anchored in your best self. So from the physical area of my chart, 
thinking about swimming laps could definitely do that for me because I don't listen to anything. I don't wear my watch. I just think about the number of the lap I'm on and I have to swim 72 laps every time I swim. (laughs) And so I literally just think the number one when I'm swimming down and two, and that instantly can calm me. Perfect, Candace. So let's use that for calming and anchoring you physically right now. Sounds like it also mentally anchors you because you're just thinking about the number of laps at a time. And then see if you can imagine yourself swimming and what usually happens to you when you're surrounded in water and you're buoyed by water. What happens to you emotionally when you're swimming? I think emotionally, I feel much more connected to everything else in the universe. I mean, you know, you're suspended, you don't have gravity, you know, as this pull, it's not like running where you're forcing yourself through the air. You're in this weightless state. And I think it just helps me feel more connected to everything else in the universe. Yeah. And that even sounds like maybe it would be a spiritual anchor that definitely of connection, right? So you're, you're wanting to be connected, which I would think of as an emotional anchor. Like I'm open and available to connection. And in that spiritual sense, I'm open to a larger world than just my reactive state world. Yes. Really good. So notice you can use one anchored idea and apply it to all of the four bodies, the emotional body, the mental body, the physical body, and the spiritual body. Or if you want, you could be like, I really want a different anchor for the different things. I want one for physical, one for emotional, one for spiritual and one for mental. And you can either draw on one resource or you can draw on all four. It doesn't really matter. You can get creative with it. And that's really the best thing to do here is that when you catch yourself getting triggered, just try it and see what happens. The more often you try it, the more neural pathways you're going to grow that are going to lead you to keep trying it time after time. And it's really better the sooner you catch yourself getting adrift, the easier it is to get back to your anchor. I love this. I can't wait to try it. Thank you always for having me, Candice. And thank you also for your willingness to talk and share your experiences. I think it's really helpful to try it on and hear how it works for you. I love growing along with everybody else. And I appreciate all these great tools that you give us. Thanks, Candice. See you next time. Thank you. Thank you for joining us at the sidebar. If this is your first time, we encourage you to listen to another episode or two. Subscribe to our newsletter and peruse the resources at www.nclap.org. And if you know a lawyer who could use a hand, please share this episode with them today. Remember, at Sidebar, you are not alone. In fact, you are in quite good company.